For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. So welcome to the first episode of the A Wolf Among Wolves podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Hedke. You can find me on Twitter at B underscore Hedke NBA. And I'm here today with Logan Alton. Logan, you want to introduce yourself and just tell them where they can find you at? Yeah, um, like Brandon, I am just joining A Wolf Among Wolves. And I'm on Twitter at L-A-L-T-E-N NBA. Awesome. Yep. So Logan and I are both moving over from Dunking with Wolves now over to A Wolf Among Wolves, which will be very interesting because we're doing a whole site relaunch and everything May 4th. So make sure you see that. Everybody's going to be bringing some articles that first week or so that are going to be really interesting. So we're really excited about what is going on there. But this will be one of the couple of podcasts that's going to start out on A Wolf Among Wolves. So it should be fun. Today's episode, we're actually going to go into um who we kind of want and maybe don't want for the wolves picks so logan spent some time putting together his list i put together my list and i know we have a couple disagreements so it'll be interesting to talk those out and see if we can come to a consensus on who we want so the first thing we're going to do is jump into the first round pick and we decided to assume that the first round pick would be the third overall pick and we'd assume that Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball were gone by then. What are your feelings on those two players? If they, if we got the first pick, would you want either of those two players? Well, I feel like Ball is the can't-miss prospect of this draft. And I, I'd take him. He doesn't fit very well, in my opinion. Uh, I think he'd clash a lot with D'Lo. But I would still take him just off of talent alone. I, I tend to agree with you there. I, I'm not a big Edwards fan, and we've talked about this before. I think he has a lot of boomer bust in him, and I tend to lean more towards the bust end of it than the boom. Maybe he proves yeah. me wrong. I don't know. If we had the first pick, I think I would draft ball purely off of potential. He's got great size for a point guard. He's got amazing vision, but his shooting mechanics kind of throw me off. His lack of defense I don't really like. And then it's fit with our team where we have like D'Angelo Russell and then Malik Beasley. I don't know if we can slide Beasley to the three, assuming that Beasley's back next year because he's not really big enough for that. So Mm -hmm. 
that way I'm not really sure on LaMelo Ball. But other than that, so Anthony Edwards, not really someone I would want. I, I don't know. I'm not too high on him. A lot of people are. I think he's still top five prospect just because of what he could bring, but I wouldn't personally want him here. So I've said this before, but I think he is the uh, Chris Dunn or Jarrett Culver of this draft. <laughs> yeah, I'm the jury's still out on uh, Culver, but yeah, for sure, for sure, Dunn. I think the problem, I think Dunn is starting to get better playing with Chicago, but he was a player. The thing about Dunn is he came out after like three or four years of college, so he wasn't really young and he didn't have a lot of room to grow once he got to the league. But, you know, some of those guys are kind of who they are by the time they're 22, 23 years old coming in. But anyways, do you want to start off with your first first round draft pick, who you would want at that number three overall? And we're starting with our top guy? It doesn't matter. I don't have mine in an order specifically, so... Well, number one on my wish list is uh, Oneka Okongwu. Did I pronounce that right? Oneka Okongwu, yeah. Close enough, okay. I think. I'm not sure, but yeah. And, and he did make my list as well. He did. He's one of my guys. I think he fits perfectly. The Wolves are uh, mimicking Houston style a little bit in the sense that we're only using one big and everyone else is playing small ball. And but however, Okongwu fits so perfectly, covers so much of our holes, defense, rebounding, rim running, that it makes too much sense to avoid taking. Right. So Okongwu is six nine, two forty five. So he's got good. Um, he's got a good build on him. He's a little short for a center, but he plays well above a six nine frame, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Last season, or this season at USC, he had 16.2 points, 8.6 rebounds a game, 2.7 blocks, which I thought was really good. And he, of his 8.5 rebounds, he had 3.3 offensive rebounds a game, which is something the Timberwolves lack. So the offensive rebounding, just because of his quickness and everything, I think is something that will translate well. But with him being 6'9", I think he, they say that he can play strictly offensively as a five. So if you were looking to fit him next to Towns, which is what my vision would be for him in the future, I'm okay with Towns playing the power forward on offense and keeping, because he likes to go in the perimeter everything. But Okongwu can play some of that um, defensive four for us. And then offensive play five. Yeah. What are your, do you have any knocks on him at all? Um, aside from all that, I, I think that, like, he reminds me a little bit of Bam over in Miami. And, um, similar size for sure. Bam's probably a little bigger, but like height wise and everything, versatility, mm -hmm. they are very similar. Similar game, similar fits to their teams and stuff. And I think that like, we could do what Miami did with Myers Leonard and Bam, but like on steroids with Cap instead of Leonard. Because Leonard does like to pop out and shoot the three. He's a decent three-point shooter. So Cat would be even an elevated version of that. Though he's not quite – I think Leonard might be a little bit of a better defender than Cat. But Ooh. I'm not sure. He's pretty yeah. bad, too. Miami was just really good at hiding him. I, he's pretty bad, but Miami is very 
And Very a well. lot of that probably comes with having that second big that is defensive oriented, like Bam. So if you had that in Okongwu, you could hide Cat more. The only problem mm-hmm. is I don't want Cat being blown past too much if he's out in the perimeter. So it's you have to gamble one way if you want him protecting the rim or if you want him protecting out on the perimeter for sure. So yeah, Okongwu is someone we both had. Um, so I'll go ahead and give another one. Uh, this is probably my top guy, but it's Killian Hayes from, I think he's from France or something. Yep. He's six. He's a six-five combo guard, mostly point guard, but he can play off ball too. The things that I have written down for him is he's a fluid athlete. He's not hyper athletic or anything, but he has the tools to be a quality defender, and he has the size to play, to like overpower some of the smaller point guards in the league. Mm-hmm. My downsides for him, he's left-hand dominant, especially as a driver, and we see that in D'Angelo Russell already where they kind of refuse to go to the right and finish with their right hand, which is kind of a problem. But, he's, again, he's only like 18 or 19 years old, so he can still yeah. develop that. And he's comfortable in the pick and roll, which I think, which I think is an important thing too because we, D'Angelo Russell is already comfortable. So if we have Hayes either playing next to him because D'Angelo played off ball and on ball. So I think that'll work fine. You can have two guys that both play on ball and off ball as like combo guards, which kind of helps the offense some. But then I also think that with D'Angelo being in the pick and roll, we can take him out and we still want Cat to play in the pick and roll. If that develops into something, then Hayes can stay on the floor and do that for us. I'm not sure how good like McLaughlin is at pick and roll. We haven't seen a ton of it. So Hayes would be my guy because I think he just has a lot of upside to him. And if not, I think he's just a solidified backup. That's good. And he could be good for many years. Yeah. He barely made my list. Oh, he barely thought about leaving him off. (laughs) I think Um, the fit, the fit is the thing. I didn't do it so much on fit with that one. I just did on player. The fit isn't great with the team. I'll be honest with that. So there's definitely people I think that fit better, like Okongwu, in my opinion, fits better. But he didn't. Uh, but Hayes would be a perfect – like, even – he wouldn't be able to play well with Russell, but he would play well with Beasley. He'd play well with, like, everyone except for basically Russell. And yeah. And he could be the best player available, um, depending on how the board actually falls. but. If Ball and uh, and Anthony Edwards are the two ahead of him, I probably would lean towards a few other guys before I would take Hayes. Yeah, I get that. He's very similar to Russell, little less scoring, little more defense. So it's not like a specific need that the team has for sure. So who's uh who's one of, who's maybe your third, maybe not third overall, but who's the next guy on your list then? My next guy is my man Denny. I I'm dude, he's gonna nice butcher player. his last name. Avdia. I think it's Avdia. Avdia, Avdia. okay. So. Um, he, in my opinion, I think he has the highest potential of this draft um, relative to where he was as a prospect, at least. He is a jack-of-all-trades. He is good at, like, rebounding for his position, playmaking, um, like, running the offense. He's an acceptable defender. Um, I'm not sure how much all of that will translate. He's playing overseas in um, 
won the Euro Leagues, is it? I think the Israeli Winter League is what it is. Yeah, Tel Aviv. Yeah, Tel Aviv. Um, and I like a lot of what I've seen. He shot terribly this year, but his mechanics are really good with the shot. I haven't really seen anything that's like a massive red flag. Like he's not shooting like Sean Marion. No. But yeah. I was looking up and it seems like he likes pull up jumpers like on fast breaks and things like that. He's got good size. I think he's like six nine. But he's yeah. like power forward size with like guard skills, like you mentioned. So he's almost like a Luka Doncic light. The comparison I would make to him right now, I'm not saying he's gonna be as good as Luka Doncic. I don't want that taken out of context, but he kind of reminds me of Wancho a little bit. A defender that's not great, but he's in the right place at the right time most of the time, but he's a better facilitator than Wancho is. He has more of those guard skills where Wancho's more of a cutter, Abdija's yeah. more of a passer, finding the cutter type of player, and I like him. I also I really think he's good in the pick and roll as a ball handler, which is good. And he's inconsistent with his shot, like you said, but I think the mechanics are there to really make it more consistent. And he's making defensive strides every season, it looks like, when they're – I was reading scouting reports, and they think that he'll be a, at least a average defender in the league, which is mm-hmm. all – I mean, we could hope for more, but the Timberwolves have been many years without good defenders. So, And he's not the most year. athletic guy. So he's not going to be able to defend the like best forward or wing mm-hmm. of the other team, which could be a problem because we don't really have like Okogi is awesome, mm-hmm. but he's pretty limited to like smaller small forwards and shooting right. guards, like six the LeBrons four or whatever he is. So yeah, it's yeah, it's very interesting how the defensive structure of this team is as we only have like one really stopper, which is a Kogi, and he's not really big enough to guard big small forwards. Like like you said, he's not guarding LeBron or Kawhi. Like if he is, and he's doing his best, but the height thing really hinders him some. So yeah, but yeah Denny is definitely someone that I think his potential and with the way that the Euro uh, the NBA drafts Euro talent lately with like Porzingis and Luca and everything like that. I think it's really interesting. And the thing is, like, if we make the offense so versatile and so, like, scorching hot, like Dallas did, you can prove that their defense doesn't matter that much. Like, Luca is a terrible defender, and yeah. Dallas is still really good. So it's possible. Oh, their supporting cast is a little bit better at defense than ours. Yeah, but. it is. But if you had a Kogi, and if Malik Beasley does turn into something defensively and if you can figure out a system to put cat in that benefits his skill set defensively i think that cat can be an average defender which is would be good enough i think if you surround him with the right pieces so i'll go ahead throw another player i had out um i know you have this per- player as well so james wiseman someone i put on there he almost didn't make it but he's five he He's my five. I skipped over my four. I'll talk about my four next. But he's got good size, 7'1", 240, 7'5", wingspan. So he's got the tools to be a good rim protector. The problem with him, he might be higher on my list if the whole situation didn't happen and he could have played more games. The three games, to me, weren't enough to 
solidify him into that top role. But I do think he has a very high ceiling, but I think his floor could be very low too. I'm not right. super high on him, but I maybe he's someone worth taking a flyer on because of what he could possibly, like a Mitchell Robinson type player. Yeah, he's a big boomer bust for me. Without any college level play other than those couple of games, uh, there isn't much to like go off of, and he didn't really learn much in college or anything. Like, look, that year is typically very beneficial for a lot of guys in the sense that like they fine tune a bunch of things and learn a lot. But he probably was good enough to go straight out of high school, though, and like he does have the NBA body. And has a bunch of really good tools to be like, he has, successful in the NBA. He is one of the most NBA ready bodies of a big man in this draft. Like I think Okongwu still has a little bit of work to do, but Wiseman I think is closer to being NBA ready body wise than Okongwu is. But I agree with you there. Do, what do we feel about his jump shot? I mean, we haven't seen much about. It. Does he have one? I didn't watch um, high school tape on him, so I don't know if he has a jump shot at all or what what the deal is. I I haven't really watched too much tape on him either. I um but from what I've seen it hasn't been bad. I let me pull up his percentages. I'm sure there's not much there because in three games he probably didn't shoot a lot. I read somewhere they were saying he uh he likes to take the jumper but he and he kinda shies away from going to the post some. And that could be something that you could just coach out of him or anything like that. But overall, I would maybe take a flyer on Wiseman, especially if we drop down to like the fourth, maybe like the fifth or sixth pick. And if he's still there, it might be worth taking a shot at him. Not a huge fan, but potential is potential. He was the number one guy out of high school for a reason. So, If anything, it's I would love him just for his defensive like tools. Right. Um, like a Kongwu, like not perfect to draft another center based off of what Rosas has done so far. But like the fit and potential is there so much that like it could be a no brainer to do it. Right. So are you with the first pick or our first pick, are you taking best player available or do you think you're going for fit? I'm I'm going for uh best player available or potential, like I think this could be our last buy of the apple in a sense um, this high, especially with our pick going to Golden State next year. Yeah, we're, hopefully by that time we're not in the lottery after those after next year. Yeah. Hopefully. But, and well, after as, two years, I guess. Mm-hmm. As nice as um, it would be to find, like, that perfect role player, um, I think it's better to go for a, a big guy, like boomer bust type of guy where it's a calculated risk. I'm not going to say like um, draft Alexis Pokusevsky. Yeah, we'll just call him Poku, but yeah, I know yeah. what you're saying, yeah. Um, I'm not going to say draft him first because he has all the tools to be Porzingis light mm-hmm. um, and has a ton of potential. But um, the the risk to the risk ratio is higher for a lot of the or lower yeah, lower for a lot of these guys. And like, I'm comfortable taking a wise man over say like uh Kellyan Hayes who might be a safer pick. Right. Or Anthony Edwards over a um, 
Vassal yeah. is a safer pick as well. Yeah. Okay, so that's our that's what we got for the first pick. Now we're going to move on to the Brooklyn pick, which we assume will be the 16th pick. One question before we get into the players. Do you think we're going to draft both picks we have, or do you think that Rosas will make a trade with one or both of them before this all gets said and done? Because I personally believe moves aren't done being made, and I could see one or both of these picks being traded to, like, move somewhere else or get a player and move somewhere else or something. I could see a trade happening with at least one of these picks. Yeah, well, um, we, like, there isn't really anybody who is an easy, like, wave or just not a player that we shouldn't re-sign on the team. Like, I believe everyone's guaranteed that's still under contract other than um, Noel. Yeah, and, and Nas Reed. Yeah, Nas Reed, but we're not waiving them. Yep, and then uh, who, what's uh, Vanderbilt's contract? Because he has – does he have a, op- a team option or something for this? summer um the team option should already be accepted they you accept the team option um in the fall prior to the year gotcha yeah Um, so so jacob evans jared vanderbilt omari spellman all under contract guaranteed money yeah um and with those guys i think we'll be so close to the hard cap that we can't sensibly waive someone with guaranteed money mm-hmm. unless it's a men deal where it doesn't matter. Right. Um, I agree with that. So it's hard for me to pit, like imagine that we take all three and sign free agents, which we need. Mm-hmm. So I imagine there's some trade in my opinion, it might be the second plus like uh, Jared Vanderbilt for a future asset type of trade. Um, but I don't think we trade either of the first two. Okay, so you're thinking maybe we'll trade the second attached to something else. I hope it's not Vanderbilt. I like him. I like his rebounding, and I think he possibly could play himself into that four role if he develops a jump shot because he's very versatile offensively and defensively. So I could I, – I have high hopes for him developing and everything. But maybe we throw Spellman in a trade too. I know other teams are higher on him than we are or maybe there was that rumor floating around that he didn't want to be here and that's why he was in Iowa I don't know but maybe he's worth something in the trade but I do think some sort of trade's going to be made and I'm not sure which pick but we know that um we know that Rosas is always looking to trade so don't be could make sense to like move the Nets pick for a future pick like we don't have anything in 2021 so and next year's supposedly the Next year's supposed to be the godsend draft, like the biggest draft in many years. So maybe it is worth trying to move our pick and someone for something next year in next year's draft to try and get it because the depth for that draft will be a lot better. The guys we're picking sixth, seventh, eighth here, you can probably get 20th in next year's draft. That's what I've been hearing just based off the talent that's there and everything. Yeah, I, I don't think I'd risk our pick, but like the the Nets pick plus, yeah, again Vanderbilt in the second or something like that for. Um, I, don't, I don't think too many teams have a lot of twenty or twenty one picks. Yeah, most of the ones laying around, like the ones that OKC and New Orleans have, are later on. 
Right. But if someone wants to give us the 21 pick to get into this draft, like Memphis, I'd definitely be down to trade. Yeah, I think I'm there with you as well. But I want to keep that that top five pick because a top five pick in any draft is still a top five pick. There's yeah. all this potential. So, okay, who is a guy you have for the 16th pick then? All right. Pull back up my list. And my number one guy is Patrick Williams. I have him as well. He is on my list. I have seven instead of five, but Patrick Williams is on my list. Yeah, he um, is basically what we're missing at the forward position. He's a really strong, versatile defender who I think has the ability and the tools to be that guy that replaces Covington's void and, like, um, defends the best player on the team and, like, helps boost our defense. He's he's a very smart defender, too, and I have written down that he's a team defender, so he's good at switching. He's good at communicating on the defensive side of the ball, which is a big thing for our team, I think, as well. He's got good size. He is, what is he, 6'8", with, like, a 6'11 wingspan. So he's his body's pretty good for the NBA already. And he can shoot. He's a catch-and-shoot kind of guy, and that's what we need when we have people that facilitate the ball well, like Russell and Cat. So you have a catch-and-shoot, like small forward power forward hybrid in Williams that opens up your offense a lot. Yeah. So he was on my list as well. Another guy I had on my list. Some of these guys, I'm not sure if they'll last this far, and one of those guys is Devin Vassell or Vassell. I'm not sure how to say it. Mm-hmm. from Florida State. But if he does, I think if he falls to 16, he's a can't-miss guy. Personally, oh, I think definitely. he'll go probably like somewhere 8 to 12, but I've seen him at 19, 20. But if he's there at 16, I think we have to take him. Unfortunately, he's a shooting guard as well. We already have like Beasley and Kogi, and they're all like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, but mm-hmm. Vassal's length... I mean, have you seen a picture of him? His arms look like they're stretching like yeah. a mile. He's a really good perimeter defender, a great shooter. He shot 41.5% from three this season. He needs to put on some muscle. He's kind of, I mean, he's like 180 pounds. Like I'm 180 pounds, but I'm like six foot one. Yeah. So he needs to put on a little bit of muscle, but he ha- he's very athletic and he has good length. I think he's a can't miss guy. Someone that I think is similar to Vassal but should be there at 16 is Sadiq Bey. What are your thoughts on those two? Um, I had him on my list too. He um, fits that need. He's a, a little bit taller than Vassal, if I remember. He's 6'8", six, six, and he's 216, so he has about 35 pounds on Vassal as well. Yeah, and again, he's a, guy, he's a really good defender. Um, I like a lot of what I've seen from him on tape, and um, he's – Plays with a lot of energy, which this team kind of lacks, other than Kogi at times. Yeah, and now I think Beasley brings a lot of energy now. But before that, yeah, it was Kogi was providing most of that energy. And um, yeah, I think I'm hoping with this pick we we draft someone that could defend the best or the team's best like forward or wing. Yeah, and Pat Williams fits that. Um, Vassal, to an extent, fits that. He's a little bit smaller to guard, like the LeBrons again. 
Um, I personally think he'll be a little bit out of this range too. Yeah, um, I think he'll be a little bit out of But, and then Sadiq Bey, he should be able to do that or at least grow into that role of defending the other team's best guy. He's very versatile defensively, in my opinion, from the tape I've watched. He's in the right place most of the time. And he has room to improve, I think, still, but he has the tools to do it. And I think he's a guy where you could look at him. I think he's quick enough to guard one ones and then big enough to guard all the way through most fours. I mean, unless you're throwing, like, a big lineup with, like, Myers Leonard and Adebayo. He's not going to guard either of those guys, but he'll be able to guard most fours in the league, especially now that fours aren't what we knew in the past. They're so basically small forwards. Guard one through four. Another thing I like about Sadiq Bey, um, he's a great shooter, like 45% from three this year. Is that going to translate to the league as 45%? Probably not. But as a, four, a 38% shooter as a rookie, you're talking about a quality 3 and D guy right off the bat, and that's, that's real, realistically one of the things this team needs. We like to fire up threes in this new offense, and then we need to play defense. And he could provide both those things. Honestly, I'd just be happy with 35% even. Yeah. We and have so much like spacing now that like even if he's just a mediocre or average shooter and good defender, I'd be happy with it. Yeah, I would be too. He's very – he would be very valuable in like a Robert Covington type of role, as you mentioned. Similar size. I think he's even got some – like weight over what Covington has. He's a little shorter, but versatile guarding everywhere. You can throw him at the team's best player, hopefully. And that would be kind of the guy I was looking for. So I like what he could bring. And I hope his shooting translates. If his shooting translates to like 40%, that would be, he would become the steal of the draft. And I think he is the player that people are underrating a lot in this draft. So he's, some, he's the guy I would – he might be my number one for that pick, assuming Vassal's gone. Okay. Um, who else do you have there at 16 then? Um, I mentioned him earlier, but I think Poku is going to be a, a really interesting pick. This draft and, like, his circumstances kind of remind me of Giannis to an extent when way back when he was getting drafted. Mm-hmm. No, but, like – he has a lot of question marks. He needs to like gain NBA size, and um, but it, he has all these tools and all of these like interesting things about him, to where like he could be Porzingis light. He could be better than that. But if he like he's gonna be a couple years of a project, and if he can gain 20, 30 pounds of muscle, I think he has the potential to be like far and away the best player of this draft you you mentioned Giannis and people might get scared at that comparison but I understand what you're saying it's there's so many question marks but if every question mark is answered he could become a star player in the league it's like you hit every single one of those question marks which Giannis did Giannis came in he was so skinny now he's I mean he's jacked like absolutely Mm -hmm. a monster he's got the size the ball handling skills and he's developing a jump shot Poku has somewhat of a jump shot. It needs to be developed more. But interesting enough, I've seen him all over, people all over the board on him. I had him written down for if he's there at our second pick or second round pick. I think we could take a flyer on him and see what we could do with him. 
put them in the See, GP, and let's put on muscle and everything. But that's where that analogy with Giannis fits. Like, I'm not saying that he's going to be the best player in the league, like Giannis is. But he um, could be. However, at like when Giannis is, was getting drafted, everyone was like, "Should I? T- can we take him? Can like, is this a reach? Who else is there?" And it's like that, that question is like, people gonna look at me like I'm dumb if I do this? Mm-hmm. And maybe people yeah. did that with Giannis, and now now they're the Bucks are looking at everybody else, and they're like. You guys were the dumb ones. We yeah. we took this risk, and that's what we got. So, yeah, if everything panned out, he could be a star in this league. I agree with that. But I had him. I just don't feel comfortable with that at the 16th pick because I feel like he might last until the second round. And there's some other needs. Like, I would rather have, like, Bay or Vassal. And I feel like yeah. – or Patrick Williams. And I feel like one of those three will be there. Oh, definitely. Another guy I had, and we both talked to Mavs draft quite a bit on Twitter, um, mm-hmm. but Jemias Ramsey, yep. do you have him on your list at all? He, he felt like a reach, but I I'm happy like reaching him. Too, but he's got so many skills that I mean, he's a great scorer. He's not a great playmaker by any means, but he just scores the ball. And if you need someone to come off the bench and score the ball, I think that's who you take here. I'm not super high on him. I wouldn't take him over anybody else I had written, but I do like Jemias Ramsey. And I see a lot of Marcus Smart potential in him too. If he I can think he has the tools and the body to defend multiple positions and like be that like backbone to our defense. And yeah. with how our team has been defending, I'm happily accepting someone like Ramsey onto the team. And he shot 42.5% from three last year, and he has a very good-looking shot that I think will translate. They say, like, free throw percentage is the main thing to translate into three-point percentage from college. That's a case Ramsey's not going to be a good shooter because he shoots 64% from free throw. But 42 from three, I think he'll be, like, a 35% three-point shooter coming into the league, which will be good. I'm living with that. Yeah, he's inconsistent defensively, but like you said, he has the tools to become that like lockdown, like combo guard defender, like Marcus Smart or like Patrick Beverly. But he's got more size or more height than those guys. He doesn't have the size that Smart does. He's not bulky like him, but he does have that length and height to guard those positions. Um, so that's how many people you have left on your list that you haven't talked about. Or is that it? I I have Maxi. Um, I have Maxi too, and I'm glad you did. I don't think he'll be there, but if he is, I would like him. But he's – I mean, I could see him going like seventh, but I could also see him falling to 16. I felt like that was a – like you were going to laugh at me because I had Tyrese Maxi on my list. But I do like what he has. What do you think about Maxi? Um – Admittedly, of all the guys that I've listed so far, I'm the least sold on him. But he has a lot of interesting tools. Um, he didn't seem like he was an awful scorer. Um, let me pull his percentages back He had 14 up. points per game. But, and he shot about 30% from three. So he's not a great shooter, but he has scoring potential. Yeah, and I liked a lot of what I saw on, from his like defensive side. Um, he wasn't... 
he was able to um, at least do the job. I'm not going to say he's Ramsey or any of the other guys, but the mixture of his offense and defense makes me okay with the pick. Mm-hmm. He's very quick and fast and he's got a good frame for putting on even more muscle at the next level. But he reminds me some of, like, De'Aaron Fox. Maybe it's the Kentucky thing, but, like, just, like, the quickness and, like, the ability to blow past people and everybody. I see that in him. Not a great shooter, neither was Fox, but very versatile. He has a 6'8 wingspan, too, which helps his defense some. That's pretty lengthy for a guy that's, like, 6'... What is he, 6'3"? I see 6'2 and a half. Yeah, and, so six two, six three. So 6'8 wingspan is very good for a guy that size. And, But he shoots good from free throw. Like I said earlier, free throw translates well to three-point shooting. He shot 83% from the free throw line last year or this year. Yeah. So my biggest knock on him is he's not a great decision maker and he causes a lot of turnovers, which is something I think you can coach a little bit, but sometimes players just have that. And if you run him as a combo guard, more as like a two, you wouldn't run into that problem as much. But if you run into him as a one, having him trying to distribute might turn into a lot of forced things and missed opportunities. So I like him, but fit wise, I don't think he's what we need over like Bay Williams or Vassal. So, or even Ramsey. I, I think Ramsey fits better than Maxi does, but I think Maxi yeah. is a better player. And have, if we want a Maxi type, I think um, Javion Carter yeah. over in from Phoenix mm-hmm. would probably be available for like the biannual. Yeah. And yeah, I think I'd so too. Rather he, have him too. Yeah, I like Carter too. He's be a good backup for this team to have. So. I have one more guy that I would take with the 16th pick. This has been called a reach on Twitter many times, but our friend Jack Borman has the same belief that I do. Tyrell Terry from Stanford. All right. He's, in my opinion, he's like a top 12 prospect in this draft. He's 6'2", 6'1", 6'2". He's a little undersized. He's a point guard. Um, He has a he has the best form in the draft class, in my opinion. His shot looks so beautiful. I can't, like, describe it. It's a very nice-looking jump shot. I think it'll just translate really well to the NBA. Like I said, he lacks size, but he scores off the dribble, which is really good. And he's a decent playmaker, not great. And I think he's an adequate defender. I would view him not as a starter coming in, but as D'Angelo Russell's backup which is unfortunate for Jordan McLaughlin because Jordan McLaughlin's my guy. You know, I've interviewed him, everything. But I do like Tyrell Terry. You could probably get him in the second round. And if he was there in the second round, I think if I was the GM, I would snag him. Here at this pick, I like him, but I don't like his fit as much as, like, those guys we've been keep talking about, like, Bay and Vassal and Williams. I don't like his fit as much. That's why I don't have him as high on my list. But I I think his floor is really high, like compared to some people. Like I think he's going to be a good backup at least in the league. So that's where I'm at on Tyrell Terry. Do you have any thoughts on Terry? That um, admittedly, I haven't caught up with his tape yet or watched much of him. 
Um, so I don't have much of an opinion yet. But I know Kevin O'Connor actually had him, I believe, About ninth 10. on his Yeah, list. he had him ninth. And that's when he said that, then I was like, okay, I might be crazy, but I'm not like that crazy because there's like well-known, well-regarded analysts that have the same opinion as me. So I'm glad O'Connor said that. So then I don't seem as crazy, but yeah, he had him ninth, which take it for what it's worth. But O'Connor has been around the league for a while. So he knows something I like to believe. I also had one more guy that I almost forgot to mention just quickly. Jaden McDaniels, 6'10", 200 pounds. So he's really skinny, but he's very versatile. He's an okay shooter. He's inconsistent. Um, Offensively, he's very versatile to where he can he can step out and shoot the three he can also work from the inside some he's agile defensively which I think would be good he's 6'10 so he's like a small forward power forward we'd probably run him at a power forward in that Wancho role and if he could pan out that jump shot some I think he could be a decent player put on some muscle he could defend the five for us if we need him to help cat down low um and he shows glimpses of being a good playmaker from the three four position which is always good to have good ball movement because you look at like the Spurs squads that won the championship or even like the Nuggets team they move the ball and they score and it works out so I think Jade McDaniels would be an okay pick there too do you have any thoughts on McDaniels at all um I have him closer to like early 20s okay Uh, but I think that's where I would put him probably too if I ranked all the prospects but just fit wise I think he'd be interesting for us to grab I've seen him, people say he might be the most underrated prospect of this draft as well, too, or like a secret kind of star player. So that's my thoughts on him. All right, so that's it for the 16th pick. Now give me some guys you like from the second round that you might want to snag. I have a bunch of names. I don't have much written down about them, but I have a list of names that I think would be good. Who do you, who would be like your ideal second round pick? All right, so there's a couple guys. Um, the first one is Jay Scrub. Yeah, I'm very high on him. I should just start his fan club already. Yeah. Um, he reminds me a lot of Malik Beasley. He, not this past year, but the year prior, he shot the lights out. And this last year, he struggled a little bit, but like, I love his shot. He, um, his game is basically Malik Beasley's cloned though um and i'm not upset about having that redundancy yeah i uh, especially coming off the bench then you have that scoring punch energy offensively off the bench and you can keep beasley starting which i think would be beneficial i like jay scrub i didn't put him on my list simply because i knew you would have him and you have a much deeper um you look into him a lot more than i have so yeah. what else what do you what do you not like about scrub? Well, his playmaking isn't really anything to call home about. It's could use a lot of improvement. He's looking more like he could be uh um again like kind of like Beasley. He he's either gonna shoot it or drive it. His passes can kind of go crazy a little bit sometimes. Um and like I'd rather have the ball in like D'Lo, Katz, um, James Johnson's, anyone yeah. else's hands. Um, but kind of a black hole when he gets the ball. But in their defense, 
at least in Malik Beasley de- Beasley's defense, if he gets the ball, he's efficient with it. So I'm okay with him shooting it or driving every time he gets it because if he's has that efficiency, then to me it doesn't matter. Yeah, if he turns into a black hole and it's just he's not good anymore, then that's where it becomes a problem. But yeah, Beasley – I see some similarities in Scrub and Beasley's game. What's what's Scrub's size? I don't know how big he is. Um, let me pull it up. I, don't I know you did a whole profile on him for uh, dunking with wolves recently, so I knew you would be talking about him. That's why I didn't bring him up at all. But I do, I do agree oh, with you. I like him. He's a six six, two hundred pounds. Oh, so he's got size, and then he could play some small forward, probably. I'm not sure how his defense translates to the NBA, but if he has the skills and the athleticism, maybe they could work that into his game. So I do. Yeah. I wouldn't be mad at Jay Scrub there. And the one thing about him is that, like, he was dominating a junior college league. And to me, that's kind of like, you know, sending D'Angelo Russell down to the G League. Yeah. And, um, it's curious to see how everything pans out. Um, he could have just looked like a freak amongst people that weren't even close to on his level and not even be ready for the NBA or not even be an NBA-level talent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, looking at what he's done, I think that the skill is there, and um, I'm not worrying about that too much. Mm-hmm. And with the whole epidemic really affecting the – draft and all the scouting and everything he's a guy I could see teams being wary of and being like you know we're not going to draft him and then maybe someone picks him up in undrafted free agency because he did come from like a junior college like a lot of times people shy away from people that aren't from division one schools so I could see him going to the undrafted free agency like Nas Reed went undrafted last year which theoretically the center position's very weird draft-wise because I think the league is full of centers that do their job, and a lot of teams don't need centers. So it's not really good to be a center unless you're going to be a top-tier guy. But yeah, I personally, I think that Wiseman and uh, Okongwu get drafted in the lottery, and, and then just every center falls out of the first. Boston might take one with Milwaukee's pick. I could see that, but yeah, I don't see any other solidified first-round centers in that in the draft. And I don't – and yeah, many people don't even – you might not consider like Okongwu as – some people might not consider him even as like a true center because he's only like 6'9". Mm-hmm. So I have a couple centers on my second-round list that I would like to bring in. The first one, Wolves fans – he would look similar to them, or uh, he would look familiar to them. It's McCurr Maker, and he's, he's considered KG light. He's like seven foot, very versatile. He's a point center. So he's like even more of a ball handler than KG. He has tools to be a good defender. He's, yeah, he's like seven foot, seven one. And I think he would be an interesting guy for us to just take a flyer on and see if he could develop into anything. He's Thon Maker's cousin. I believe. So I wouldn't mind him. Another center I have in my um, second round would be Daniel Oturu out of Minnesota. I like his game. He's very, I see some 
uh, I see some Joel Embiid in him. In the fact, if you look at their college stats, they're very similar, and they had similar size coming out of the coming out of college. Like they're both kind of skinny, but Embiid is able to um, put on that muscle. And if Daniel True can put on that muscle, he has a decent jump shot, and he has great post moves. I think he could be a guy we could take in the second round. Zeke Naji is another guy from Minnesota that I think we could take. He went to Arizona, but he's from Minnesota High School. He went to Hopkins. I like him. Do you have any thoughts on any of those guys? Um, for Maker, I actually think that, like you said about Scrub, there's a lot of uncertainty with him. Um, he, if I remember right, he did an extra year of school or something like that, and never went to college. I think he did a post-grad year in high school, so then he didn't have to go to college. It's similar to, like, um, I think Anthony Simons did that for the Blazers. And then um, Dwayne Wade's son, Zaire, just announced, actually, that he's doing a post-grad year. I don't know if he'll go to the league or anything. but So some players do do that. Yeah, and I think with that, um, it might be a bigger turnoff than, like, the Juco or anything. And – I, I have uh, Maker not getting drafted. Yeah, and I, I totally could see him not getting drafted as well. But I think he will sign as an undrafted free agent just because someone's oh, going to want to take that chance on him. Um, who else do you have the, coming out of the second? I had Poku as well, but we already talked about him. So, um, I like Zeke a lot. I think he – I have um, a bunch of centers grouped in together with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isaiah Stewart, yep. uh, Vernon Carey, Ataru, and yeah. Zeke. And personally, my favorite is Zeke. I think he has the best NBA-level talent um, between the four. Yep. And I think all of them fall to the second, unfortunately. But they're all first-round value, like – or first-round-level talents. Yeah, it's just um, like we said, that that center position is so deep in the league as it is that it's not really worth drafting one super high when you can fill other needs. Yeah. One guy that I think is going to still be around who fits a little bit of what we want to do is on the wing is uh, Noara. Oh, Jordan Noara from Louisville? Yep. Yep. Okay, yeah. He – let me grab his size again. I had about – 20 guys I could have put at this pick. Like, there's so many different routes we could go with it. He wasn't one of them that I wrote down, but he was someone I had, when I was researching, I looked at, looked at and I like, I like what he brings to the table. What do you have to say about him? He's, a, he's 6'7", 220 pounds, um, and he's a junior. He's a little bit older. Um, he'll be – he's 21 and a half right now. Um, by the time next season begins, he'll be 22. And I think he's a little more NBA-ready than some guys that we'll potentially, like, look at mm-hmm. in the, or with the Brooklyn pick, even. <coughs> um, he's a, a smart defender um, and does a little bit of uh, – I mean, remind me what myself what his stats was. Yeah, he – isn't a bad shooter. Um, if I remember right, I didn't hate his form. His three-point percentage is pretty good. It was uh, 
40% this year. Yeah, that's good. And he'll be a nice flyer at small forward. Um, and I think he'd be at least a better prospect than, like, Noel and Keelan Martin. Okay, yeah, I feel that. Um, so a guy I saw, Kyra Lewis Jr., maybe? Kyra Lewis Jr., point yep. guard, 6'3". My thing with him, I just think he's a shifty guard. He could come off the bench, do some nice things. He has nice size. I mean, he's like 6'3", not huge, but NBA size. He's a guy I thought about doing. Another point guard. Then this would kind of be redundant, as we've seen it before. But Trey Jones out of Duke, Tyus's younger brother. That was um, going to be my next guy. I, I, he's like the most true point guard in this draft, I think. I think he's the best true point guard as like a facilitator. He's a good defender, and he can shoot okay. He's not a great shooter, but, I mean, he can shoot if he needs to. But he's really, to me, he kind of reminds me of um, McLaughlin with more size and a little bit better defensively, which I do like because McLaughlin is good and pesky, but he is a little undersized. So it would be nice to have a backup point guard, too, that is able to guard bigger guards. but. Um, Trey Jones is someone that I would like to have with our second round pick mostly because of the defensive side and his facilitating. And I think he just wants to win. He's just a winner, I think too. So he rebounds well out of the point guard position too. I watched him a lot in high school because being from Minnesota, we're around these guys a lot more and he would put up triple doubles after each other, like points, rebounds, assists, everything, every night playing for Apple Valley as a senior. So I really like what he has. Um, how many other guys do you have for the um, second round pick? That's about it. I have wow. one more guy that I like, Tyler Bay. Ooh, so like have that. you read much about him at all? A little bit here and there. So – what I get from him, he is six foot seven, and he scored 14 points a game, nine rebounds, one assist. He's 218 pounds. He plays for um, – he went to Colorado. He is a junior coming out as a junior. He played 29 minutes a game, shot 42% from three. I like what he brings. He's like a – He's like a guard that's six seven, so he's more realistically like a shooting guard. But you could probably have him as like a small forward, I think, yeah. which would be good for our team. He's got, I mean, two hundred eighteen pounds is good size at six seven, and he rebounds the ball well. Thirteen point eight points with nine rebounds in twenty nine minutes is very well for someone that's not a center or anything like that. So I do like what he brings, um, and as a sophomore. He averaged 9.9 rebounds a game. So he kind of reminds me of, like, um, Jared Vanderbilt to where he can just sniff the ball out and just go get the ball. Like, he's going to – like, that amount of rebounds at his size is what I really like about his game. So that's another guy I would think about. But I've seen him going in the first round, too, so he might not be there for a second-round pick. But – do you yeah. have a favorite 
prospect in this draft, regardless of position or like draft stock or anything? Like who's your guy that you're just confident will be a good player no matter what they're um, – I mean, they might not reach their ceiling, but like who do you think is going to be a good player? Who's your favorite guy for any reason? Um, I think the Mel Ball is going to be – he's the best prospect by a mile for me. Yeah, I think he's the best prospect too. He's He's got – his vision is insane in my opinion. I like what he does there. He's not my favorite prospect, though. For many reasons, Sadiq Bey is actually my favorite prospect. His combination of size and shooting is something I like. And he also, we were actually born on the same exact day, which is kind of cool. But that does mean he's a little older. So he's 21 going into um, the NBA. And I think he's coming out as a freshman or a sophomore. I'm pretty sure when I looked it up, his, he was born in 1999 so he was kind of old for his class if that is correct i'm just gonna check that because i don't know for sure um but yeah i like what sadiq bay brings he's very versatile defensively and everything so that's my favorite prospect i think ball is the best prospect but bay is my favorite prospect along with oturu just because of the minnesota thing i'd love to see him get drafted and everything but do you have like a favorite guy? I know you love Jay Scrub, but is there another guy maybe, or is Jay Scrub the guy? Um, I I think the guy I feel, or I, I think my favorite is probably Poku. Poku, just because of he's got like we said so many question marks, but I do. I'm interested in him a lot, and I I hope someone takes the time to develop him like they did with Giannis and. He might, he won't, I'm like fairly certain he won't become Giannis, but I think he could become like a top 30, top 20 player in the league at some point if if every question mark is answered. Will it get answered? It's going to take the perfect system, the coaches that believe in him, everything like that. But if everything turned out, he'd be very good. Honestly, if I had to pick a team for him that wasn't the Timberwolves, I'd probably put him in Denver. Yeah, I could see him in Denver. Another place that I wouldn't mind seeing him would be like, this is going to be sound kind of weird because of they already have a center, but like, I wouldn't mind seeing him in Phoenix playing alongside those guys. I don't know, like developmentally wise, what that's looked like, but with the team setting, like the Mm -hmm. Booker and all those guys around him, I wouldn't mind seeing him in Phoenix, but I think Denver would do very well developing him I want to say San Antonio but I don't know if Popovich would know what to do with a center that's not traditional like their center yeah I think he's a power forward or small forward yeah that's true but still like Popovich's scheme is so traditional and like your centers don't really shoot three I mean LaMarcus is starting to shoot more this year yeah so maybe you can never doubt Greg Popovich, but also we don't know how long he'll be around. So, yeah, Poku is very interesting. I do like him. But Who's your favorite at each pick? Favorite at each pick? Um, Killian Hayes at the first pick or Tyrell Terry at the second. I think Tyrell Terry is my favorite at the second pick besides Sadiq Bey. And then, um, yeah, Killian Hayes at the first pick. And then second round pick? Um I think it's probably Tyler Bay 
or Trey Jones. Okay. But who are yours at every pick? Um, first, or the Wolves pick is Okongwu. Okay, yep. Um, and then for the Brooklyn pick, it's probably uh, Pat Williams. Okay. And then for the second, it's Jayscope. Yeah, I think those are good picks too. There's a lot of similar people at a lot of positions. Um, other than that, what do you think is going to be the hardest thing to adjust for this NBA draft, assuming it comes when it's scheduled or around when it's scheduled due to like the coronavirus and everything? What do you think is – how do you think that's going to affect the draft overall? Well, uh, I believe like typically like if you make every – or if you play every game, you get about 32 to 38 games in a season. Mm-hmm at the NTA level and everyone's sitting at about 22 yeah ish so that's almost like a third less of what we've seen from them and like the tournament style and then on top of that like everyone there's interesting cases like James Wiseman only played three games um ball is ball Hayes uh Teo Melding they're all overseas Mm-hmm. RJ Hampton's a guy that was supposed to be a top three pick coming out of high school, and now he's he's in that Wolves range of our second round pick, that like twelve to eighteen range somewhere in there. So I wonder if it hurts or helps those overseas players. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I feel like it. I think it has the same effect on them as it does the college guys. My thing with college players is. March Madness is a pivotal thing for a lot of people. Tyus Jones would not have went where he went without oh, his no. incredible Final Four play. And I think Trey Jones would have done the same thing and even elevated his draft stock a lot more. Mm-hmm. And I, think I don't think we would have taken Culver last year if he didn't do what he did. Nope. Exactly. And the, um, it shows like who's a winner and who's not, which I think whether it's right all the time or not, teams like to look at that. So I think it's an important thing for drafting. I think who it really affects is those people with a lot of question marks. And I think Mm -hmm. teams are going to steer away from them and hope to pick them up as undrafted free agents rather than in the second round. And they'll pick more solidified guys in the second round. So I think we'll see a lot of like, I don't know, like Poku might not get drafted, McCurmaker not get drafted, those type of guys where it's like high upside and like low floor, I think those guys might not get drafted. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. What have you been up to since lockdown? Are you working from home now, or are you? What are you doing? Yeah, I'm working from home. Um, we. It's been interesting. The servers that I use um, aren't made for this many people because you know who would plan for this scale. Right. And so it's a struggle, but other than that, it's pretty, pretty fine. Thankfully yeah. everyone's in good health. Uh, my cat briefly had the flu the other day, but that's been the only person or animal in my family that's been sick. Yeah. Yeah. My family's doing pretty well. Just staying inside. Um, my grandma and grandpa got back from Texas and they're just sheltering at their house. The toughest Thing. I haven't had any contact with the outside world physically since March 15th or something. I think I went to the grocery store. I haven't 
gone, I mean, I've went on a couple drives and stuff, but I haven't gone anywhere too fancy. I'm just trying to do my part and keep everybody safe. So finishing up my last semester of school before I student teach this fall. So I got a couple weeks left of that and then I'm, and it's summer and probably just stay inside all summer, I guess, too, if nothing changes. Hopefully change comes soon. Yeah, hopefully. Other than that, I think that's all we have. So thanks everybody for listening and, you know, share this podcast with everybody. It should be available, Apple, Spotify, and then YouTube, maybe some other places as well. And be prepared for a Wolf Among Wolves relaunch May 4th. Logan, you have anything special to say about that? Are you excited about it? What's your take? Yeah, I'm, I'm very stoked about it. It looks like Tim has done a great job of uh, rounding up a bunch of really good talent. Um, and there's just a bunch of really fun things in the works. Uh, we're doing a few things like tournaments over Twitter and stuff. And just to get everyone excited and ready for it. And um, we're going to be writing a bunch right out the gate. So. Yeah, I think it, ready to read a bunch of really good articles. Yeah, we got a good group of people coming together to do this. Um, we're not going to give out names or anything. We'll let that happen as it happens. But um, this is kind of the announcement for Logan. This is him kind of saying, like, he's a part of this. I've been announced after I wrote my WNBA draft article there, too. But site's going to be redesigned. We're really excited about it. We hope everybody checks it out. Um, you know, we're really trying to build it into something. But other than that, I think that's all we have today. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you guys soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.